0: You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 254. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You have reached another Local Maximum. Uh, And uh, today, uh, you know, it's been a while since we uh, spoke about uh, the chat bot and the chat assistant Side of AI, you know, I'm talking Siri, I'm talking uh, Echo, uh, Alexa. Sorry for you know triggering all of your all of your stuff. It's something that's kind of near and dear to me because of my work on it at FourSquare on both uh, Marsbot chatbots. Um, both of the Marsbot chatbots, as the Marsbot Classic and, and Marsbot Audio, um, both of which are still not uh, no longer available, unfortunately. But we could talk about this. All right, more on this soon, though. I, I, I that th- that's our main headline today is what is going on with Amazon Alexa. But first, I want to give a little bit of an addendum, a little bit of an update to Episode Two. 52 a couple weeks ago that was the one on hurricane sandy and that was supposed to be my definitive story of what i went through that week and of course you know you always miss things and there's always uh, uh, stuff you forgot about and i forgot at the time i had been writing and uh, basically a journal and a notebook i've been describing everything that happened to me every day and you know it looks like Kind of looks like uh, this, and you know, it's uh, it's all filled up. These books I've been I was doing that from two thousand seven to two thousand thirteen. I should probably uh, go back and see what they what they said. They're probably very interesting. It was kind of replaced by Foursquare for me when I started to check into various places and uh, record where I went. Uh, So uh, last time when I went. Through that episode, I, I looked at my 4 check-ins, I looked at my photos, and I tried to piece together what had happened, and then I compared it to what I had actually written in the book at the time, and it actually turned out that um, I was pretty straight on. I, I, I was able to piece it together pretty well, which is good... Uh, to uh, which is good to know, but there are a few updates I want to give in case uh, in case someone's going to make the movie, the movie of uh, Hurricane Sandy. So I need uh, I need some extra details. So uh, first of all, on and, and of corrections uh, from from what we did in episode two fifty two. First of all, the Monday. Before the hurricane, remember the Monday. The, the hurricane came Monday night. On Monday, we did, in fact, work from home. It wasn't go home. It was work from home. We forget that, you know, work from home is actually not that new. Um, and people frequently worked from home, even in 2012, 2011, 2010. Uh, maybe not so much in the, in the 2000s, um, a little bit. But, you know, the, 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 the tools were already there in 2012, and we were doing that. Uh, we were hanging out, not on Slack, but I believe on Google Party Chat. Uh, which existed at the time. I assume it's called Google Hangout now, Uh, but maybe, uh, you know, I'd I'd have to look up what Google Party Chat is. Also, for the Hurricane Sandy movie, when I was at Veselka, I also wrote down in my book what uh, cookies were available, and there were election cookies. You could either buy an Obama head or a Romney head. I doubt they did that with Trump later on, but you could, uh, could, or or face, or or whatever you want to say, but uh, that... um, that those cookies were available. So if we're making the uh, if we want to make a true to life movie of this, that has to be in there. And Monday was pretty intense. My umbrella went inside up out, and the power was out around eight. So I got that. Um, also, there are a lot of uh, stories of me staying in light New York rather than because once you went down to dark New York where the uh, where where the lights were out, once you get home you couldn't do anything anymore. So I would stay uptown uh, until kind of later at night. And um, with a friend one night, I saw the Halloween movie, Fun Size. So that was kind of fun, and that's actually a really good family Halloween movie that I would recommend. Another thing I got kind of wrong was the crane. So I said the crane building, uh, at the time of the hurricane, the crane was like vertical, and then it went, boom, horizontal. It actually drooped all the way down. So it was, uh, you know, the crane was vertical, and then there was a break, and then the other part was dangling down, sort of looked like a drooping crane. So that, uh, that kind of, I got corrected from the photos that I looked at. And another important, uh, another important feature, or another important, what, what was it? Uh, correction of just to get the ambience of the time was when we were looking at working in the Time Life building. That was uh, our um, our specific uh, the, the the temporary building that we were working in during Hurricane Sandy. Uh, it was. Uh, Uh, I I was kind of, uh, we felt out of place because there were a lot of suits in that building, uh, a lot of kind of finance type stuff, which is maybe not so much like that today, but uh, it was definitely a... Tech startup versus uh, a finance dichotomy. There. All right. So for those of you who didn't watch that, ep- listen to that episode. That might be a little bit. Uh, what's he talking about? Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, th- th- that's it. That's that's my addendums to uh, to my Hurricane Sandy story. All right. Let's talk about the main event. Let's talk about Amazon Alexa. According to Ars Technica, Amazon is losing ten billion dollars this year. Uh, That's a billion with a B. That's not like, oh, we're going to try some project, we're going to staff it, you lose $10 million. All right, billion dollars. That's more than most companies are worth entirely. That's a huge amount, although entirely absorbable or affordable for Amazon, but they don't want want to allow it uh, to go on for long. It's part of Amazon's Worldwide Digital Group, which also uh, does Amazon Prime Video. So this is leading to large amounts of layoffs, for Amazon, I believe thousands or tens of thousands of employees working on Alexa. So, what's going on here? Let's let me read from the article a little bit, and then we'll talk about it. Uh, the BI report spoke with a dozen current and former employees on the company's hardware team who described a division in crisis. Just about every plan to monetize Alexa has failed, with one former employee calling Alexa a colossal failure of imagination and a wasted opportunity. The month's layoffs are the end result of years of trying to turn things around. Alexa was given a huge runway at the company back when it was reportedly the pet pri- pet project of former CEO Jeff Bezos. An all-hands crisis meeting took place in 2019 to try to turn the monetization problem around, but that was fruitless. By late 2019, Alexa saw a hiring freeze, and Bezos started to lose interest in the project around 2020. Of course, Amazon now has an entirely new CEO, Andy Jassy, who apparently isn't as interested in protecting Alexa. Alexa. The report says that while Alexa's Echo line is among the best-selling items on Amazon, most of the devices are sold at cost. One internal document described the business model by saying, we want to make money when people use our devices, not when they buy our devices. Okay, so they were hoping that use of the devices would lead to revenue. That's clear. Um, And, of course, you know, these, these articles are always like, you know, they, they they describe a company in crisis, of course, you know, a lot of times, you know, th- th- these news articles are not writing the narrative as this is going on. There's no like, or maybe there is, I don't know, there was no 2019 uh, article about how Alexa's in a crisis, it's just they kind of fit the narrative in afterwards, and I think not all is lost, we'll get to that in a minute, but uh, they were hoping to use the device's uh, they were hoping that the use of the devices that would lead to revenue. So, okay, you order an Uber from your your uh, uh, from your from Alexa, you order a pizza from your Alexa, and every time that happens, Amazon would get a cut, something like that. Um, this appears to have been a big miscalculation, but let's look at this as uh, hindsight being 2020, not 2020 the year, 2020 the, you know, but what did things look like in 2015. In 2015, when the Alexa came out, when the Echo came out, I think that the successful model was free services plus a large user base equals revenue. Remember that happened, um, that was very successful for other fang companies besides Amazon. Amazon didn't really have that model because they were selling things directly. But that was a model that worked very well for Google at the time. Google search is free, large user base using Google search, add uh, ad-supported, ad-supported uh, YouTube as well equals big revenue plus data. Uh, same thing with Facebook. Uh, same thing, so it seemed, with Twitter eventually, although it never panned out until now things are changing. And so uh, so th- that was the kind of standard of the industry, the, the mindset of the industry back in 2015. Large user base, uh, um, the, the, the service is free and then we'll figure out monetization later. And you know what, it worked. It worked for uh, companies like Google. It worked for companies like Facebook. They were building base layer, uh, what, what we later, what they later discovered were base layer um, um, services on the internet, ended up with large user bases, and then they struggled a little bit to figure it out, but eventually figured out the, the revenue model, and those were, and let, were big businesses. That era, I think, is largely coming to an end, doesn't mean advertising goes away. Doesn't mean uh, Facebook and uh, and and Google go away entirely. Although they're having big problem these days. But um, this did not work with the Amazon Alexa. Or or the Amazon Echo. Why? Whose whose idea was it to have two names for it? The you call it the Alexa, but it's called the Echo. Very very strange. I, I've I've never been comfortable with that. But oh, forgive me. <laughs> I'll 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 deal with it as I talk to you about this. Uh, but anyway, so that uh, uh, that miscalculation has led to huge co- uh, cuts in 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 their uh, in, in their in their workforce, uh, which is painful for a lot of people. So I have a, a few thoughts. Uh, first. What could be the business model for these devices or assistance going forward? I think that the business model that looked good in 2015, again, doesn't look good today, but hope is not lost. Um, I was thinking possibly a subscription model makes more sense. Um, You know, Elon Musk wants people to pay $8 a month for Twitter. I don't think people want uh, to pay $8 a month for their Alexa, but, but I think they're willing to pay something. I think if you have a dollar, $2, $3 coming out of your uh, account every month, uh, people might you know, people might be okay with that. A lot of people have found the use for these things. Uh, you know, and oftentimes you are using these devices to answer the same questions over and over again, or to get music, or to set timers, or that kind of thing. And so I believe that people would be willing to pay for, uh, for this subscription to the Amazon Alexa, and that would be a very valuable recurring revenue. I recently listened to an episode of This Week in Startup. So Jason Kalkanis, I love the way Kalkanis uh, put it in This week's in Startup. You know, when you're cooking, you don't want to pick up your phone and set the timer and get your schmutz everywhere. Uh, yeah, of course. And of course, you know, it's, there are a lot of times when you're not hands-free around the house and you want to check what the time is without looking somewhere or you want to, uh, you know, check to see uh, when your deliveries are coming by or just, just some very simple search on the internet. But this is not like a this is not meant to be uh i think we know now like a uh it's it's a smart assistant but it's not gonna be smart enough to have like a conversation with you or to uh or to or to let you buy something because honestly, I mean, maybe I've bought one or two things on the Alexa. Maybe you have, but you kind of want to see, uh, you know, before you click go, what you actually ordered to check that you ordered the correct things. Uh, so I think the subscription model makes sense. Also, with the subscription model, there can be less focus. On ads and less focus on data mining for ads, which they we were hoping to do with the Alexa. Like, oh, this person is searching for X, Y, and Z. Maybe now we can target them with ads. It's not that they can't do that anymore, but there can be more focus on providing value to the subscribers. More focus on uh, communicating what the uh, what the privacy concerns are and what the deal is. More focus on uh, you know communicating. Uh, not necessarily uh, services with the Alexa that will uh, lead you to buy things, but services with the Alexa that'll make your life better because you're already paying for the subscription. So I think that would be uh, the um, that would be the 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 way going forward that would enable Amazon uh, and other uh, and, and, and other products, uh, for example, to turn this into kind of a kind of what we called a, a digital good guy, a digital uh, assistant that is actually looking out for the, uh, for the interests of the person uh, who owns it rather than the interests of the advertisers or whatever. And so I, and I think it'll work also because it's sticky. Once someone finds value out of their assistant, they'll be willing to pay a certain amount uh, uh, to Amazon monthly, even a small amount. So over time, it pays for these devices. And finally, it pays for engineering teams uh, for both to keep the, 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 to, uh, to both keep the lights on and also to invest in research and development. Um, another suggestion, one suggestion that was given by Calacanis in that podcast is to go the more open source route and to get uh, developers involved. But I kind of see that as more of uh, part of the R&D uh, side of it. Um, it, there's kind of a funny, uh, uh, article by Jeff Tucker. Uh, I interviewed, uh, Jeffrey Tucker on episode 75 of the local maximum on entrepreneurship. And he's, uh, he is not uh, a fan of these things. He's, he calls them surveillance devices in your home. You know, they're always listening to you. Uh, of course, you know, I don't think they are, I think they're listening for the trigger word and then they'll start recording. And then they'll send that recording over to try to figure out what you meant to tell it, um, but uh, you know there could be better rules and better uh, standards in terms of how these how uh, how how your device uh, actually does this and better communication around that. But you know he's saying I think throw this throw throw all this stuff out; it's worthless. I don't know, but it's a funny article. You should read it. All right. Secondly, I want to talk about my work with Google Talk because. I had a chatbot, Marsbot. It wasn't an audio chatbot. Later, we did Marsbot audio, but around 2016, we did a chatbot that was text message-based. And the cool thing about that was, you know, Foursquare knows your location, so you would go into a place, it would text you, okay, you're in this cafe, this is the best thing to order at this cafe right now for you, and things like that, and it would tell you when you're near some place, that's good, and um, that kind of thing. It was really cool. So we were like, okay, but can we can we put something on the Google Home? Well, first of all, in the Google Home, you're not, you're, by definition, you are at home. So you're not on the go. Um, we did have some modules that are like, okay, we know you like certain things. So we'll recommend you try out this new place, whatever, very New York centric, where you're constantly going out and <laughs> trying new things. Um, so uh, could we put that in the Google Home? So Uh, We wanted to do this because that was all the rage, so I had to study their API to integrate um, our service with their API on the Google Home, and it got me very, very frustrated. I remember we had multiple conversations with the teams at Google. Uh, They gave us lots of documentation, and... Honestly, I couldn't figure it out very well and I spun my weeks for a few uh, I spun my wheels for a few weeks on it and I started to get very frustrated on, and uh, it was like, you know, it was all going over my head. and coworkers were like, you know, it's okay, I'm sure they just put out a bad API. Uh but then you feel bad. You feel bad because you feel like you just aren't good enough to understand all the technical writing uh, such as the mind games of being a developer. I'm sure my coworkers were right. And um The API was a mess. It was also weird because, you know, you'd think it was a new product, so you'd think it'd be a new, fresh API, but it almost seemed at the time like they had several systems that they had mashed together, and they'd be like, here's the old way of doing things, here's the new way of doing things, but here's the way that you should be doing things because that will be the way of doing things in the future. And uh, whenever you have all those systems mashed together, uh, that makes for a very confusing API. So I found out it was like, okay, this is not something that we could just kind of put together in a couple weeks. This would take a long time, and eventually, uh, you know, we, we gave up on the project because it was going to take too much uh, time investment in order to do that, unfortunately. Uh, so I think that um, the kind of hype cycle around, the Gartner hype cycle, around some of these uh, around some of uh, these uh, these products and these devices uh, led to some malinvestment. It led to some APIs and some kind of developer products being mashed together uh, in, in a rush uh, in order to, to rush for space in, in ways that didn't make a lot of sense. Um, but I still think, look, the article says that the Amazon Alexa is one of the best-selling items on Amazon with the most of the devices are, you know, you know and, and so probably the best-selling uh, device on Amazon. And many, many, many people have it. Millions, tens of millions of people have it. And and al- almost everybody has access to one. So it can't be that bad, you know, in a certain sense. It, you know, it, uh, it, 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 it it's not a product that should be shut down. It has found success in the marketplace. But uh, I think that this is kind of a cautionary tale of how you need to be, um, you need to be vigilant about whether your initial uh, idea of how something should be used is actually how it's going to be used. Uh, and so those are my thoughts on the Amazon Alexa. What do you think? Um, let me know on the locals maximum.locals.com, or let me uh, just send me an email, localmaxradio at gmail.com. Do you have an Amazon uh, echo? Uh, do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you use it? Would you pay a dollar a month, $2 a month to, to keep it in your house? Uh, assuming that they were, um, uh, what's some of the thing that annoys you about it? So, uh, I'd love to hear. And, um, Hopefully we'll discuss this more when we find out, it might be a while before we find out what new direction they're taking this product in because it's a great product, honestly. Um, and I know that there are probably a lot of privacy conscious people who say, it's a terrible product, get it out of my house. But it's a product that a lot of people use. Um, you know, Google is in the game, Apple is in the game as well, and uh, it's not going away. So what's the what direction is this going to take in the 2020s? Okay. Another news story for emerging technology, really interesting, happening uh, over the Thanksgiving weekend. Hope you all enjoyed your Thanksgiving, by the way. Uh, This is, according to The Verge, Tesla's uh, full-service self-driving beta, which has been gradually rolling out over the past couple of years, is now available to anyone who's paid for the feature in North America, CEO Elon Musk has announced. Tesla full self-driving beta is now available to anyone in North America who requests it from their car screen, Musk tweeted, assuming you have bought this option. So I don't have a Tesla, but lucky me, I know someone who does, and I was able to ride in one of these over Thanksgiving. It was at the same time exhilarating, terrifying and kind of hilarious you know it does a perfect turn signal it turns it turns on its turn signal at the exact right amount of seconds before reaching a turn reaching its turn uh and it knows where it's going because of the the gps and you set in the final destination it almost seems like a new driver because it slows a lot on the turn and it kind of makes sure it turns like perfectly which uh, experienced drivers often don't do Um, sometimes you don't want to let it go when it wants to go because it's kind of, if it's making a left turn or or even a right turn onto a busy street, it might be cutting it a little bit too close to other cars coming in. And I kind of wonder if we left it to its own devices, what would happen? Would it it just crash or... Would it just give you a heart attack as a passenger by coming within inches of a crash? I'm not so sure. Um, So you're still required to have a hand on the wheel. Um, What's the long-term meaning of this? We'll have to have another self-driving car discussion soon. Aaron and I usually have one every year or so, and the technology really pushes forward every year almost without fail, and this is a big one. So the takeaway, the tech is spreading. It continues to spread. And I love that Elon Musk took a minute out of his day from causing all the uh, chaos, good chaos in my view, at Twitter uh, to to, to launch self-driving. So that's really exciting. All right, finally. And now, the probability distribution of the week. The probability distribution of the week. Now, ultimately, I want to get to the Poisson distribution. But uh, that's kind of a really important one. That's a really big one. So I think I'm going to wait until we have Aaron here before we get to the Poisson distribution. Right now, I want to get into something which is also an important distribution, the random walk. But we're going to start with the simplest random walk today. And then eventually, this is something we can build off of and we can do more complicated random walks. So what is a random walk? A random walk is when you start in a specific place and you stumble around like a drunk, drunk person going in random direction. Okay, but mathematically, what is it? Uh, you know, in, in this case, we're doing kind of a discrete random walk. We're not doing a kind of a, you know, there are continuous random walks like uh, Brownian motion, uh, which is really interesting. Um, but in a discrete random walk, you take discrete steps Um, So you might step in one direction or another direction, uh, basically in a random direction. And then you let that kind of process go for a certain period of time. And then at the end, you try to figure out where you're going to end up or where you're likely to end up or what that walk is going to look like. So one of the simplest random walks is the random walk in one dimension. So here, imagine a straight line and... We're, we're talking about integers. We have integer support on this straight line. So we have 0, 1, 2, 3, and then negative 1, negative 2, negative 3, et cetera. And um, so basically, in, 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 the, in the simplest case, what we're going to do is each step that you take, uh, each, each, sorry, on each step, you're either, you're going to flip a coin, Either going to come up heads or it's going to come up tails and when you flip that coin you're either going to go one step to the right in the positive direction or one step to the left in the negative direction and so uh, that you know you could also do it where you know you're, you're taking uh, fractional steps you, you know you take some kind of a, a gaussian distribution this is not what we're doing today this is discrete this is a discrete random walk so you start from zero And you might go to 1, 0, negative 1, negative 2, negative 1, back and forth and back and forth, you know, in some kind of random direction. So there are a few things that we we can say about this random walk, this integer random walk in one direction. First of all, you're alternating on even and odd spaces. So you start at space 0. After one step, you're either at negative 1 or positive 1. And after two steps, you're either at negative two, zero, or positive two. So after an even number of steps, you're standing on an even number. After an odd number of steps, you're standing on an odd number. And uh, uh, and, and within those, it's, it's kind of interesting because... If you think about it another way, instead of moving negative one and one, if you think about it, you're instead either moving zero steps or one st- or, or one step ahead. So in other words, you start at zero and you can only move forward. We're actually describing the binomial distribution because, you know, there's some hits and some misses, and so it's kind of a, uh, it, it's going to be a row in Pascal's triangle. So for example... Um, what are the rows in Pascal's triangle? There's one, two, one. There's one, three, three, one. Let's take the one, three, three, one example. That's uh, that's after um, that's after three steps. Okay, after three steps, there's one chance you're going to be at negative three, and one chance you're going to be at positive three because you can only be a positive three if you if you if you if you if you flipped heads for three times, you'd only be at negative three. If you flip tails for three times, but then there's three chances that you're on negative one and three chances that you're on positive one. So what you end up with is sort of a row in Pascal's triangle, a, a kind of binomial distribution that is centered around zero and that is kind of interspersed with zero probability uh, uh, spaces because, You know, if you moved an odd number of times, you can't be on an even space, and if you moved an even number of times, you can't be on an odd space. So the one-dimensional random walk is actually pretty straightforward to describe after n steps if you're already familiar with the binomial distribution and with Pascal's triangle. Another interesting thing about random walk, which I'm not going to prove, but it's kind of interesting, is that there is a probability of one. Now, that's not a certainty, but it's a probability of one that you'll eventually reach any point. Another way of thinking about it is that there is a, a probability of one that you'll eventually get back to to zero from your start. Now, you might be thinking, like, you know, isn't it possible that I start at zero, I go right, and I never come back to zero? Uh, it's This is one of those... Um, this is one of those interesting things in probability where, yes, there's a possibility that you go right and you never come back, but that probability, when you add that together, uh, ends up being probability zero. So, uh, and that's only true in one dimension. It's not true... I. I think it might be I'm not sure if it's true in 2 or 3 dimensions we'll we'll talk about it uh, uh later it's definitely not true in 3 dimensions but in one dimension you'll eventually get back to where you are with probability 1 <laughs> which is different from certainty um although functionally it's probably certainty in real world problems in real in real world problems that you're using this to model a you're not taking an infinite number of steps so that already solves that paradox um and uh, and uh b uh, even if you are taking an extremely large number of steps, I think your probability is pretty high that you'll end up back at zero, uh, and so that means that um, that that. But it's not going to be exactly one because it's still a large number of steps and not an infinite number of steps. It also means that yes, you'll eventually reach every point. You'll eventually reach a billion, but you'll eventually reach a billion. Uh, with probability one, after infinite number of steps. So it's not like you know, if I take five billion steps, I'm likely to reach a billion. I might, I might not. You know, it's that's um, you know that that's sort of a, a probability that you'd have to that you'd have to calculate. So that's sort of how the random walk works in one dimension. Because it's so close to the binomial distribution, we haven't uh, introduced anything new, but I think the concept of random walk is really interesting and it's one that we will come back to in the future. All right, so uh, next week, I hope to have Aaron back on where we will continue our um, talk about some of the current events in tech because there is a lot to cover uh, before the end of the year. Uh, you know, maybe we can continue with the self-driving cars. A lot of crypto stuff. I know it's uh, it's really rough out there in crypto, uh, and, and but you know we kind of want to uh, take in all the news and try to see if we can put it together and try to figure out, try to get like kind of a a, a final statement on what happened, uh, what you can do as an, an investor going forward. Uh, and also like what we think will happen in 2023. I think that's, you know, rather than just giving hot takes on all of that, which is, uh, which as you know, is, is, is getting, it's getting rough out there. All right. So, uh, and then, um, and then I have a lot of concepts to, uh, to explore. I actually wanted to go back to, um, to some of the concepts that I wrote about years ago. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And, oh, another exciting thing. I have a, academic paper on probability coming out soon i think i'm just going to put it on archive so that's kind of exciting uh all coming up uh bef- before the end of the year or around the end of the year we are how many shows do we have left not many uh but uh we are uh we, we are rapidly closing in on the end of the year have a great week everyone that's the show